to NBA Podcast. My name's Sean. Joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffer. Mr. Boffer, man, how are we? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the Dallas Mavericks. <sighs> I was just thinking the same for you. So <laughs> uh, in that vein, we're going to be hitting the over-unders for the Western Conference. You might have heard our Eastern Conference episode. Uh, if you haven't, we would recommend you do that. Uh, that was going through all 15 Eastern Conference teams. Now we're going to hit all the Western Conference, which might go for a bit longer, might be a bit juicy. Um, you, the listener, probably already know this because you've seen the, the timestamps for both. But let's uh, hit it off with a good one. The Dallas Mavericks at 41 wins. Under. I, I'm going under as well. Yeah, I know I'm, you're going under. I might actually gamble on this. Like, this is amazing. 41 wins. Like, this is amazing. Like they, um, they must think the Zingers coming back like fully healthy. Like yes, Doncic is great. Um, but there's been a lot of talk in the media re- recently saying that uh, Doncic, like yes, he had a better season, but he might not have the highest ceiling. Like he might be closer to his ceiling. Yeah. Um, and I, I sort of agree with that sentiment. He seems like the sort of player that this is him. Like it's great. He's going to be like this for 15 years, but this is it. There is not much improvement, and I just don't think the Zingers is going to be playing. Um, if he comes back in October. It'll be twenty months since his last game. Shit, that's, that's <laughs> not yeah, that's not great. Um, like even if he's fully healthy, like you still have to. There's going to be the load management. Um, Mark Cuban said they're going to manage his loads. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, and I just, I just, they're not going to win forty-one games. You just really hate this team. I, I can, you, yeah. Your, I do. Your face is I actually, do. You're actually <laughs> giddy. You're gleeful talking I, I, about I do this. hate this team. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like Doncic, but, and I like the Zinger. I just hate the team. And yeah. they're not going to win 41 games. Yeah, well, they didn't come close to it uh, last year with just Doncic. And it's a bit a lot of ifs on Porzingis. So, you know, like, I mean, it, I mean, Say he comes back healthy, he he'll give you twenty three and nine. He's a legitimate rim protector, so he's gonna you know like he's gonna hopefully shore up that defense. And him and Doncic are kind of like excellent, um, you know, excellent partners together because yeah, a pick and a, a, you know a pick and roll with those two is pretty deadly. Mm. You, you're not really gonna come up with too many better combos. Like maybe maybe LeBron and Davis, you know, up there, um, like Steph and Draymond in terms of making something happen. It's going to be one of the better ones, but the the, the problem is that he's uh, seven foot three and he has uh, some of the most fragile mm. lower limbs that we've seen in you know, recent years. So it, it's a huge if whether he's going to be able to stay healthy. I actually disagree with you on Doncic. I think that there's no reason to... The, I mean, like the, the argument for him kind of plateauing early is that because he's been so good early and he's had six years as a professional that he's, you know, in his development now where someone who's 24 would be if they just came through college. And I don't think that there's much reason to think that at all, especially after one season. I mean, the dude came in and averaged 21, 8 and 7. Um, you know, there, there's definitely um, a roadmap for him to get better. If he tightens up his body, obviously he's, you know, like a little bit dad body. If he spends, you know, the off-season getting in shape and plays himself into shape during the season and he comes back jacked, there's no reason why he can't take it, you know, this season to 25, you know, you know, nine and eight or whatever. And if people, if he is the generational talent that people are talking about him as, then like, you know, Kevin Durant in his second season averaged 25 points, so why can't Doncic? But that being said, I'm still taking the under. I'm wow, I've really talked myself <laughs> into it. There's, there's no one, there's no one on this team um, beyond those two that you really care about. 
or that you think is going to make any NBA noise. So um, I just Googled Luka Doncic workout um, in the last month. There's no photos. So, <laughs> so um, like I said, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ifs with this team. Uh, there is no if. They're going under. I, I'm willing to... Um, anyway, let's move on. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on it. Yeah, you know you lose. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, 52 wins. Over. Over as well. Um, but I can completely understand if they go under. But you know, um, I'm a bit conservative there. I, I do love the Nuggets. And I don't want to overhype them. I don't want to say, oh, they're smashing the over. Like, I can understand the world where they just win 50 games, which is great because... Um, they technically shouldn't have won that many games last year. They got off to a really hot start. Um, the problem with their two or three previous seasons was that was that they always started slow, and then as soon as you start slow, sometimes it can barrel into other things. But last season they got really lucky. I know they got um, like a really big win against the Clippers on opening night, and they had some really good wins um, early on. Um, and I think there was something crazy like that. I think they they like stole Houston's start because Houston were a bit slow, and then. Um, <laughs> and then Denver were like something, oh, you know, I don't know the number, but it was something like 15 and four or something crazy, which is great. Yeah. And if they get off to a start like that, again, they're going to go as far as they did last year. And I, you can't see why they wouldn't win um, more than 52 wins. Um, and I think adding Jeremy Grant is great. It also it gives them a whole other dimension to plenty of their lineups and also gives them, this isn't related to the overrunners this season, but an answer for the power forward in the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree. I think you're looking at the second best team, uh, second best team in the regular West. season. Yeah, in the yeah. regular <laughs> season. Well, I mean, you play, playoffs will wait and see, mm. but this is you know we're looking at the regular season here. I think there's a lot to be said for internal development of a young team. If you're looking like you know, even if you take Jokic at the peak of his powers and this is what he is, you're looking at improvement from Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Monte Morris. Uh, you know, um, Malik Beasley, Malik Beasley, yeah, Michael the, Porter Jr. is coming. Yeah, MPJ is coming back. If he gives you anything, then that's a win. And you're right. And adding Jeremy Grant gives them like so much positional flexibility. Uh, it's it looks like a good team. Mike Malone's a great coach. You know, even going back to his Sacramento days, did really really well there. So I don't really see any uh, like any reason why they're going to drop off. And I think I'm not projecting them to hit like you know 57, 58, but you know you know mid mid 50s is. Um, is definitely achievable for this team. Jokic is, you know, one of the two best centers, depending on whether you prefer him or Embiid. And that alone, having an All NBA caliber big man, is like, you know, enough to pull you into like the high forties. If especially with a team as talented as they are around the edges here. And I also like the there's an element of Michael Porter Jr. where if you're not happy with how he's going, um, and you want to like make an instant upgrade because maybe this is your year and you're going to gun for it. You, and even if Michael Porter Jr. has done nothing so far, he's still got he's still got value in his name, and you'll be able to flip him for some present value at the moment. Um, and you just say, look, maybe he's too injury prone; he will never work out. It was worth a pick, um, and we've just essentially flipped a pick for. I mean, we don't know who's going to be available now, but maybe at the trade deadline you can get an instant contributor, which again will help their over unders. Yeah, just someone who can be like an eighth or ninth man would be, you know, again someone like a you know a, a good depth piece for the playoffs and. You wash your hands of the MPJ experiment and move on. But, I mean, he was touted as a top-five pick pre-injury. So, uh, you know, someone who's he's 6'10", he weighs about 225, so he's like a tall and lean forward. He can play either forward spot. He's long. He's a sweet shooter. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, in theory, it's all that. I'm, I'm myself, I'm dubious about it, but, uh, you know, he contributes and gives you 14 points a game off the bench. You know, <laughs> it's not a bad depth face to have. I don't reckon he'll be getting that high. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but yeah, I can understand. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a juicy one. 
Uh, not that these weren't juicy. The Golden State Warriors. Uh, the over-under was set at 47. Um, we'll get on to you in a second, but famously, uh, shout-out to Jackson. Uh, he said he would... Um, he said they're a 50-win-plus team and they're going to be one of the best teams in the West. And I said, do you want to bet on it? So he said yes. And then we have a bet with the over-under at 50, which... This this official over-under has come a bit too close for my liking to the 50. I thought I was going to be like maybe five or six wins uh, out from that. So the bookies like it um, similar to the odds that I got. I'd much rather them at, at, um, at 50 wins, uh, but I'm still going to hit the under on 47 just <laughs> for my own. Why are you hitting the under? Mainly for ego reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> because if I if I'm that stupid to take a bet at fifty, going oh they're winning forty eight or forty nine, <laughs> yeah. Um, so mainly ego reasons, but also if they sustain any injury, that there's just a hole there. If Steph goes down for two weeks, like we talked about this uh, previously, if if anyone goes down for just a little while, they're going to be very weak and very thin. And I don't know, like at the two and three at the moment, like the, with Clay out. They've got, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's going to be starting and they're probably going to stagger Steph and D'Angelo. But Jacob Evans had a good summer league. He didn't have a good season. Uh, Jordan Poole, whatever you want to make of him. Glenn Robinson the third. there's a reason he was on a minimum contract because he hadn't proved anything this far. And that's great if he does prove something. But, you know, there was a reason he was on a minimum. So, like, I'll see it when I believe with a lot of these rookies like the Eric Pascal and, I mean, Omari Spellman, who's like... <laughs> Draymond Light. Oh, dream on heavy. <laughs> if you've seen a photo of him recently. I mean, he's no, he's no Luka Doncic, but uh, I don't know why I'm hating on Luka Doncic. I actually really like it. Anyway, um, I'm going under. What are you going? Uh, I've got under as well, but I don't think by much. Mm. I think I think they're looking at like, you know, six seed, and I think they'll be 45-ish. I mean, they've got Steph, who's like a top three player in the NBA. Clay's going to come back, and it's not, um, <clears throat> not like KD where you're thinking like, are we ever going to see him the same way again? It's like, ACL sucks, but it's not career-ending, and mm. Clay's only, like, 29. So uh, Clay's going to come back second half of the season. There's no reason to believe it'll take him, you know, like that long to acclimate when he comes back. They've got D'Lo, like you said, they'll stagger. Uh, Draymond just re-signed on a four-year, $100 million deal, which is actually a bargain, incidentally. Actually, that's one of the points why I have them going under, because with... With Draymond re-signing before the season's ever started, they don't have that pressure of him going, oh, maybe we need to perform because he's, yeah, he right, might leave. So right. now, that he's, he's gonna be now that he's locked, he's like, well, I have to be, you know what I mean? It's not like he's going to have it in the back of his head, oh, oh, we're not winning, oh, the team's not pushing that hard. Now they can sort of ease off the brakes, get six, seven, eight seed, and make a shit ton of money in the new stadium and in the playoffs, and that'll be their season. Yeah, I mean, this team's never really been doubted. Um in the last three years at least like they won 73 uh, games in the regular season went to the NBA finals and were you know 3-1 up and then added Kevin Durant and you know Cruz to two rings and made the finals in the third like they've, and they were, they were you know just this um, postseason gone they were heavy favourites the whole way through even when it even when in retrospect it was clear that they couldn't beat Toronto, it was like, yeah, it was the Warriors. Mm. So the team has never been doubted. Now they are, and I, I, I'm interested to see how they respond. I think they'll kind of galvanise a little bit. And they've still got Steph. Like, if Steph goes for 34 points a game, which you know he could, yeah. you know, in the first half of the season without Clay, like, 
I think yeah, I think forty five, forty six, so just under. Well, he's actually um, I think second favorite at the moment to win MVP. Yeah, well, it's all set up for him. Hmm. Just under the redemption year. On to the next one, the Houston Rockets, fifty two. I'm going over. What are you doing? Houston Rockets, I am going. I'm actually going push because they've given us a round number. Okay. Yeah, I think fifty two smack bang on. Oh, congratulations. Should we move on? Or do you want to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> We've got four minutes. Take our time. I know, I know. So they won 53 games last season, uh, last season with 58 games from CP3 and then awful start, which we mentioned before, yeah, with Mello and Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, terrible start. Um, I think, like, I'd sort of talk myself into Russell Westbrook. There's going to be, um, if any of those, uh, James Harden or Russell Westbrook, want a day off, then they're going to, like, just be able to take the team back and then just have fun by themselves and this team's built just for those exact players that can create their own shot, uh, create the shot for like all these random shooters around them. Like there's Daniel House and Gary Clark and Daryl Morey's gonna find like a heap of uh, heap of those other blokes with just it's it's just gonna find a way to put a team around them. As yeah. it currently sits, there isn't much depth there, but I trust Daryl Morey to find some anyone off the bench. Yeah. I'm pretty dubious on how the Westbrook Harden pairing will ultimately bear itself out. I don't think in terms of like tangible playoff success there'll be much. But this team, yeah, started, you know, like, you know, I don't know what it was, but it's terrible. It was like four and eleven or something mm. through the first month of the season, and then they came back to win fifty three games and be, you know, the second or third seed. Harden is an M- going to be an MVP candidate again. Westbrook was not as good as. Um, uh, as he has been, and as you might, th- I, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit down on him. He, I don't think he was as good as people think he was last year. I think you know you look at the shooting numbers, and that's they're truly atrocious. They're, you know, dare I say it, <laughs> almost Rosierian. Um, that you know, hopefully he can get uh, those numbers back up. But last year you worried because he shot forty percent, and like him being efficient in his most efficient season is shooting like forty four. So he's not. Um, yeah, not going to see him on a graphic among the league leaders in true shooting percentage either way. But I do think that you sub out him for Chris Paul and then it's effectively the same team. You hope that a guy like, you know, you mentioned like, you know, Daniel House who played played well for them. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein who played, you know, really well in the G League and actually did get some minutes early last year before he had to go back down. Um, you know, he, he could give them... Um, a nice lift when he spells Capella, and Capella is still one of the best uh, mm-hmm. centers in that rim running, shot blocking role. So you basically subbed out a 52, 53 win team and Chris Paul for the same team and Russell Westbrook. I don't, you know, I don't think they'll make it past the second round of the playoffs, but I think they'll win. I, th- I think they will win exactly fifty two. <laughs> Save that audio book it. <laughs> uh, on to the next one. We have got the two LA teams starting with the Clippers. They're fifty five and a half. I'm hitting the under. Interesting. Are you going over? I'm going over. Ooh, well, uh, is Paul George going to play on day one? I don't know. If you know <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> we, we were talking about it last night. He had double shoulder surgery. So is he walking around in two slings? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Does he need someone to help him in the bathroom? Uh, yeah, I never thought of it. Maybe it's like one forwards, one backwards. Like yeah. a waiter style. <laughs> so, That's weird. No? So he's balanced. God, You've stumped me there. Um, no matter how he's going to the toilet, I, t- I don't think he's playing on day one. Um, Kawhi's load will be managed. Uh, this is a very smart team. I I guess you're going over with the fact that this is a playoff team. They know how to win. They've won together. 
and let's say you get half your games, you just add Kawhi Leonard and half your games, you add Paul George. Is that a recipe for like a 56-win team? Is that is that what you're saying? Well, basically what I'm saying is that we've seen uh, Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of well-balanced role players uh, win an NBA championship, and the Raptors won, what was it, 54 or 55 last year, so it's right around that threshold, with Kawhi on load management. So... Uh, Obviously, you, you, you're expecting it's not going to be quite as severe. Kawhi missed like, you know, more than he missed more than 20 games last year through load management, which obviously kept him healthy. But you're hoping a year out from that, in, you know, more than a year out from that injury, he's, you know, you'd, you'd be looking at more up to like 68, 70 games, uh, which can cover for like the the absence of Paul George at the start of the season, and if he needs to work his way back. And then Kawhi Leonard is stepping onto the court with. <laughs> Ivica uh, Zubac, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, Landry Shamet, Jerome Robinson. I mean, that we talked about it last. We talked about it last week. There's just one of they're one of the more loaded rosters you've seen in recent years. They've got a, an immense uh, balance of young players on cost control contracts who we don't know how good that we know how good they are already we don't know how good they could become you know like if Landry Shamit just starts mm-hmm. averaging 17 points a game as like the you know like the third leading scorer curling around off screens or like you, you know like we we've set like we there's there's a roadmap all these players have shown potential if even one of them you know takes a next step and then you've got reliable veterans mm-hmm. you know Lou Williams um, joining Jamal Crawford as maybe the best sixth man in the history of you know, the history of the league. He hit three game winners last season, which is absolutely insane. Pat Beverly back on a good contract, yeah. so they're positionally flexible, financially flexible. Yeah, Mo Harkless brought in you know, depth on the wing. I just think Kawhi and a team of good role players, they just won the championship. So yep. you know, add uh, first team All NBA, third in MVP voting, Paul George to the mix, even if it is in December. I, I agree with everything you say. I just want to know when they're coming back. Yeah. Um, and I reckon, look, if they both play 60 games, you're right. If one of them plays 40 games, if they both both play 40 games, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I mean... I, I'm just I'm just, I'm just betting that I'm, I'm going under, even if it's by a couple of games, just, just that, you know, I don't know how healthy they are. Yeah, oh, fair enough. I think <laughs> if you were going to bet on it, I think you need to be prepared to lose a lot of money. Um, I'm not prepared to bet on it. On to the other LA team, 51.5. I'm going under again. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you on the Lakers. Oh, thank God. Uh, I feel like a wanker picking both LA teams to go under. Just hate LA. But Beat LA. <laughs> for the exact same reasons. Um, yeah, just yeah, I don't know yeah. how much LeBron's going to play. Father Time is undefeated, yeah. as Jalen Rose says. Um, Anthony Davis, I mean, he played 56 games last year due to, I've written here, due to injury slash sulking. Um, and when they don't play, like, what are you doing? Like, Danny Green's great, but he can't dribble. Um, Avery Bradley had an underrated, awful season last year. Uh, Rondo's getting old, but, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't even want, want Rondo from a couple of years ago on this team. Yeah. Quinn Cook is wonderful. As someone who watches most Golden State games, Quinn Cook is wonderful off the bench. Um... I mean, I wouldn't ask him to start, but you know, you might have to. I just, I'm not, I'm not inspired by this supporting yeah, cast. Yeah, it's it's a pretty blast supporting cast. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think to, I think depending on, I think your viewpoint on the Lakers depends on a how good you think Kuzma is, and b 
Um, I don't think Kuzma is very good. <laughs> but whether you think Boogie can give you like all-star level uh, contributions, which I just want to put it out there and anyone who says that they have a solid answer to that is, you know, is, <laughs> is acting the fool because the only people who can have a solid answer to that are the people who know how he is medically and physically. Um, if you get the boogie from, you know, that if you get the boogie from the start of you know, the middle of last season, then uh, it's not enough. If you get the boogie from the postseason, um, last season, it's not enough. So you're banking on two significant injuries on a torn Achilles and then a torn quad later. You're getting boogie playing at an all star level like it is in New Orleans. If you love Kuzma, uh, which I don't, then, you know, you, you're seeing. Uh, really valuable third banana scorer um, in him. He's not a great defender. So, uh, you know, between Kuzma and LeBron, who's guarding the best forward? Anthony Davis, probably not. So, you know, like yeah. there's not there's no real answers to these questions, but then you do turn your attention back to uh, pick and rolls with yeah. LeBron and Anthony I Davis. mad. And so you're like, oh, well, that's... I mean, how good is is an offense built around pick and rolls with LeBron and Anthony, da- Anthony Davis? But Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. But <laughs> yeah. then, you know, again, back to coach's corner, Frank Vogel hasn't coached in the NBA for like six years. The last time he did was... Um, He's only going to be there for a couple of months until Jason Kidd... Back yeah, until Jason Kidd... Day. I mean, yeah, Frank Vogel's best career... Um, Indiana. Yeah. With like, the Roy like, Hibbert verticality. Yeah, it was, it was the... Like the before Perry Ontich stole his lunch. <laughs> before, yeah, before people figured out that if you put Roy Hibbert away from the basket, he can't block your shot. They were like Memphis East yeah. at that time. And this team can't play like Memphis East because Boogie, you don't know how he is physically. Um, they traded away Zubac, another big body who can bang for uh, a whole lot of Mike Mascala. And uh, AD, you probably don't... I mean, historically, he hasn't wanted to play the five. He's wanted to play the four. And even if you can get him to play the five, you probably don't want him to play 35 minutes a game in the five because you want him to... He hasn't exactly been durable. There's just a lot of questions. Mm. And you can only distract yourself so much <laughs> uh, with, you know, like the idea of, the, you know, the the best player of the last 20 years and, and you know, arguably the best big man of the last 10. Heading in, well, LeBron heading into his 16th season, though. Yeah, um, I think that'll be high 40s. I think that'll it's be... Hard, it's hard to say that a LeBron AD team is going to not be a 50-win team. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think realistically 47, 48, 49 and fighting for home court in the playoffs is where this team is going to end up. But if you're looking at... Um, I mean, you're looking at... You know, pretty pretty stacked west. So you're looking at like um, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, the Lakers, the the Warriors. Um, yeah, I mean teams like the teams like the Timberwolves looking to force their way through. Teams like the Rockets who are going to be right up there, and then you've got the the Spurs and the Mavericks who are going to fancy themselves as eight seeds. That's I'm not great at math, but I think I just listed eleven teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean they'll. they'll yeah, they'll be in there, but there's a really kind of elite crust that I think they'll struggle to break through. Yeah. On to the next one, Memphis Grizzlies. 25 and a half. Um, this is the only time I've written this. I said, let Dante tell me because, like, they had a top three. I, I love I love saying if they've had a top three pick and they've got the incentive to tank. So they've got the incentive to tank because Boston owns their pick if it's um, – if it falls outside the top six and then ne- the following season, it'll become unprotected. But they had the top three pick uh, this last season with Ja Morant. 
which is, presents another problem because rookie point guards generally don't play well. Um, so if they are going to get in the tank, they can't get a top three seed. So they're going to be like gunning for a four to six range. Um, so this team might be a bit like, all right, maybe this is a season. Like, let's just gun for it. Like we, we're only going to get four to six. There's no real high ceiling if we tank. So let's just let's just win. Let's give up the pick this year. We'll clean the sheets. Um, clean the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, and then we'll just we can move forwards with our we'll own our future for the next couple of seasons. Um, and also on the rookie point guard thing, so I'm like, well, they're going to want to win. They've got a really good nucleus already. Um, they can just build around it. They've got a couple of role players in Jay Crowder. They've still have Andre Iguodala. They've got Valanciunas, who is a fevered darling. Um, they're all tra- trade candidates, so if they do want to get in the tank, they can get rid of those guys, maybe buy out Iguodala, or they can keep them around and have them as like solid veterans um, while their core develops. So like, I don't know, like they've got no incentive to tank, but they're not going to be good. And then if they half-ass tank, like they're gonna, they might lose their pick, but still, like, be under twenty-five wins. Uh, this is this is why I wrote. Let Dante tell me. You're just confounded, aren't you? Yeah. Let me give you two words. For this team and why they're going over. Josh Jackson. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Oh. De'Anthony Melton. <laughs> no, no, in all seriousness. No, they've actually got a really good... Uh, I think they've got a really Collection good... Collection of former Suns. Yeah, I mean, you know, arguably better than the Suns have themselves. More on that later. <laughs> no, I think they've got a, um, a pretty good a, a pretty good lineup. Obviously, uh, you know, you, you've been on record today saying you're not super high on rookie point guards. Ja Morant comes in with very good pedigree, though, and you think that the combo of him and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. looks pretty damn good. I think Valanciunas is a great compliment for Jaron Jackson and you've got Joe Kim Noah who actually showed flashes at the end of last season that he can still move. Currently unsigned. Oh, I thought he was on the roster. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Well, <laughs> scratch that. Um, so you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at um, a team with really quite, quite good depth um, and I, I, I don't know. Like, as we said before or yesterday in, the, in some of the Eastern ones when talking about the Cavs, the the over under is twenty five point five. It's not a lot. If you win one out of every four games, you're pushing that. Uh, if you think Jaron Jackson is going to be as good as I do, um, and I think you know Jar Morant is going to be have a season that's up there with some of the better rookie point guards that we've seen in the last ten years. And guys like guys who came in and, and, and played really well immediately, like Kyrie and Wall, but lost. They didn't have these other players on the team. Um, so you know like. Uh, they didn't have like a you know like a well balanced team, so um, they've got some good wing depth there with Dylan Brooks, slow mo Kyle Anderson. They traded for Grayson Allen. Um, yeah, I think this team. Obviously, you've got your. You just said slow mo as like a, a positive. Kyle Anderson's good. Yeah, I mean not last year. He's good in San Antonio. Yeah, I mean every, everyone looks good in San Antonio, but I <laughs> I I I. I I like Kyle Anderson, uh, you know, as, as like a, a versatile piece on that wing over there, and he can actually take over backup point guard duties if you need him to. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, if if I mean Melton, uh, you gave up on him way too early, I reckon. No, I, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I I agree. He actually posted the highest steal rate of anyone in the NBA last year. He was he shit the bed offensively. Maybe they do need to clean the sheets after the season after that. But uh, Thanks you know, me. Um, <laughs> Uh, he he was an he's an excellent defender. He's um, like Rondo, almost stupidly long armed for someone that's so short. And if you get anything out of Josh Jackson, again, big if, uh, you know, 
career averages. He does have career averages of like 12 and 4. So he's not nothing. He's just not good enough for the fourth overall pick and he's a bit of a fruit loop off the court. Um, mm. I'm going over. I think this team's going to push for 30. Okay. Yeah, and then lose their pick and then clean the sheets. I mean, if you came out of this season with a 33-win season and your two cornerstones in Morant and Jackson Jr. looked really, really good and you saw an improved Dylan Brooks, you would probably be okay that you didn't get your sixth overall pick to add to that because you feel good about your internal development anyway. Um, 33 would be the exact same they won last year with the good start with Conley and Gasol. Yeah, but then what about the finish? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying information. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are set at 35 wins. Uh, this was another tricky one. Um, I've gone with under just because the West is so stacked. And I think if Carl Anthony Towns just has an amazing breakout season, just goes crazy, makes all NBA, um, just goes crazy, like I said, I think that still might not be enough to crack in in the in the West. Um, they need Wiggins to do something or get traded. They need, are they going to have a consistent point guard play from uh, Jeff Teague? Hopefully he can stay healthy. Consistently bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're going under as well. Cause anyway, uh, our Jarrett, Jarrett Culver is much better than we think. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, that's the case. I am going over. God, see, what are you talking about? You just talk shit on Jeff Teague. <laughs> like it may be a huge on Shabazz Napier. <laughs> Why are you going over? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not as as down as I am on Jeff Tate, which is pretty down. That's exactly how high I am on Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I mean, like, what did this team win last year? High thirties. The, the last two years they've been pushing for um, playoff spots. Two years ago they beat out the Nuggets on the last night of the season for the last you know the last yeah, spot. Yeah. Wiggins is um, not fantastic, and he's not going to get traded because no one's taking that contract unless they attach like the next seven first round picks. Um, which obviously you can't because of the step-in rule. So uh, he's not getting traded. He's going nowhere. Carl Anthony Towns is, I think he's you know, almost enough on his own though. I don't rate Teague, but I think um, bringing Culver in gives him a, like a nice kind of wing ball handling option. I'm interested in seeing how he can grow into the pick and roll with Towns. I think um, uh, minus Jimmy Butler, maybe Andrew Wiggins has like a bit of a resurgence. You don't need him to be an efficient player if he averaged 18 points a game on like, you know, shitty shooting like he did a couple of years ago. When he averaged 23, you'd be happy with that because it's something. Uh, yeah, that's my case. I don't, I'm not going to like go to bat for this <laughs> team, but I just think that there's, um, a, there's like consistency here with the same cast of characters and what they've done over the last two seasons, which is right around that 38 to 41 wins. And I'd expect them to be pushing that again. And, uh, you know, if I'm, th- I, I think they're going to hit, you know, get to that 38-ish area. It's pretty, you know, three wins is a pretty decent gap yeah, from yeah. the over, so, or from the odds. Uh, and they're also not going to have the weird Jimmy Butler start where... Yeah, I mean, this of... is the team. And I, I rate I rate Culver. I mean, you know, um, I mean, everyone would know from, you know, when we did our draft stuff, I, I, I sort of thought he was one of the better players in the draft. And he gives you, like, an interesting look on the wing. And, you know, Napier and Teague are uninspiring options. They let Ty Jones go. If if you're happy giving Colville a bit more of the ball, he ran some pick and rolls last year at Texas Tech. So it's not like he's, you know, it's not like uh, he's coming in and there's no roadmap for him be, yeah, as a mm. ball handler. Like, he's a bit of experience there. So, mm. And a pick and roll partner like Towns can cover a lot of eels. So. 
right. Soft over. <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, 39 wins. Um, that's just outside the playoffs. Um, mm. <laughs> it's Yeah, uh, it, it reminds you of why they make it so tantalising. Yeah. For you, you know, Oh, no, nah, the close ones, I, I would never think about putting money on them. Um, I'm going under. As am I. Oh, good. We yeah, agree. we're in agreement. Right. Wow, this is so Let's great. It's so great. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just sort of like all the bad parts of the Lakers. and <laughs> Even though I like Alonzo, um, I mean, JJ Raddick's good, Derek Favors, Drew Holiday. They're all great, um, but also trade candidates. Um, David Griffin can completely embrace a youth movement if he wants to. Um, I think he should, but there's also merit to say, like, all right, let's put a couple of, like, we've got the pieces for the core, we've got the pieces for the future, let's just put some veterans around them and just, like, get experience rather than just um, winning useless games. Uh, in Philadelphia's first season with JJ Redick, they won 52 games in the East. I know, something to say from that. I think there is something to be said for the JJ Redick bump. I think he'll be great for this team. I love this team. I'm still going under... Uh, but only because of, you know, like three teams ago when I mentioned 11 teams that are going to you know, make the playoffs mm. in, in any other year. So I think, I mean, yeah, they could be the fourth worst team in the league and it wouldn't, sorry, in the um, conference and it wouldn't be um, wouldn't be terrible for them. Mm. Uh, I, I wish we saw more Zion on Summer League. Then we could have like an actual yeah, like, caliber yeah. he played, of what know, he's going to do. One quarter, basically. I know. And it was, it was sick, but it was a bit like, oh, he missed a couple of layups. Like, I don't know why I felt bad for him because I was going into it like, He's going to make every single shot because I watch mixtapes and he's going to make every shot. Um, and then he was like, whatever he was, like three for 11 or something a bit silly. Yeah. It is summer league and it was his first game. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just... I saw, I think it was Bleacher Report the other day, they were 23, under 23, and they had Zion Williamson as the best player, in the, M- the second best player in the NBA under 23. He hasn't played a game yet. Yeah, which I, th- I thought that's a bit ridiculous. I mean, yeah. That's Bleacher Report though. Yeah, well, you know. Did you, did you click on it? No. Did they get ad revenue? <laughs> they did. <laughs> they got me. Bleacher Report's come a long way since 2011. Yeah, that's they, true. They still, uh, yeah, they still, they do have their moments. No, I, I really, um, so I really like the additions of Favors and Reddick. I think in terms of uh, like just class act guys who are going to come in, play a role at a high level and, you know, kind of fill a vacancy on that team, you can do a lot worse. Um Alvin Gentry, I know him quite well from his days in Phoenix. He does like to run a bit of an up-tempo, an up-tempo offense. And Lonzo Ball is, you know, in theory, a great point guard for that fit. Uh, I do rate Brandon Ingram, uh, Brandon Ingram um, quite highly. I think everything that we just said about, or that I just said about Culver in terms of being like a big wing ball handler who can um, initiate the offense and run a couple of pick and rolls, Ingram's shown that over the first couple of years. So he's not only going to be, you know, a... a, a a pretty consistent high teens at that worst score for you. He's going to, I think he was up near six assists last season. So he's going to have a bit of that. Josh Hart, again from the Lakers, is a good depth player. And I haven't even said Zion's name yet. <laughs> so even if you get, you know, 75% of what three, people think he Three assists last season from Brandon Ingram. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm talking when, when LeBron went down. Um, maybe maybe something like that. I'm I'm not gonna find it. Yeah, I I, I do I do rate um yeah I do rate Brandon Ingram and I think he's got a, a good bit of good potential overall as a ball handler on the wing and then you know Drew Holiday as well, um you know, all defensive Drew Holiday who's you know averaged I think last year averaged you know close to twenty points and again just a class act group of guys when you've got Redick uh, Holiday favors in the room. 
mm-hmm. trust Griffin to make a move if need be. And I think Gentry is a really good coach. So, yeah, I'm still going under. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird when we talk about why we like them and then just go, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, I mean I'd mean, i love to be able to say, oh, but it's like, do, do I think they're better than like the, I don't know, do you think they're better than the Warriors? Because that's who they're going to be within a couple mm, of games no. of if they make the playoffs. And it's like, nah. No. Do I think they're better than the Spurs? Probably not. That's closer. Anyway, yeah, next one. Uh, are they better than the Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, their number is set at 31. And Dante, what say you? I say under. I say over. Really? Yeah. Um, also, like 5% of this over was that they might trade for Bradley Beal because they've got all these pieces and they've sort of got a core ready. But that that's not completely why I'm going to say that. Um, it's just because they might accidentally win 33 games. Um, and with the... With the lottery odds flattened, we saw Memphis and New Orleans get high picks from that 33-win range, which they did last season. Um, and I just think, like, okay, so you're going to look at this look at this situation. They've got enough pieces right now. Their future assets are from OKC, like mostly from OKC and, um, sorry, from Houston and the Clippers. Um, and they're good at the moment. So the picks they're going to get right now aren't that good. Their best pick's going to be their pick. Um I don't know why I'm saying that because I still think they're going to go over. It's just <laughs> the the players are there. The players are a little bit untradeable. We can't get rid of CB3. Uh, you can't get rid of Dennis Schroeder. You can't get rid of like Stephen Adams. They they tried. Um, they tried to strip it down and all they got rid of was Jeremy Grant, which might have been their best role player. Yeah. So I think they've just got a good team and they're just going to win games. And th- these are the reasons why the West is just a better, just a better conference because you have teams outside the playoffs like Zion's Pelicans, this okay, okay C team. Oh, that's a pun, sort of. <laughs> um, and just like like that really good Memphis team. And then you look in the other conference and it's like... Yeah, once you leave the playoffs in the ace at Craters. Yeah. I th- yeah. I don't think Chris Paul's... <clears throat> I don't think Chris Paul's going to be there for the whole season. I think um, when Miami struggles more than they thought they would, <laughs> there's going to be a trade there. And, you know, like we talked about... Or Minnesota. Yeah, or yeah, or Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota can can um, make a few trades to to free up some space and make it happen. Miami can salary match. You know, like Kelly Olynyk, James Johnson, and Filler will get you to Chris Paul's number. Yeah, I think they're not going to have to sort of attach too many picks either way. Maybe one gets the the wheels greased, and as currently constituted, they did trade away Jeremy Grant, who I think definitely was their best role player. Uh, there's a reason why they were trying to trade away Stephen Adams. It's because he's not. A fantastic fit and is for the money you're paying him especially yeah for, and yeah and he's now i mean we'll get to see what his rebounding numbers can look like um with westbrook gone but he has consistently posted one of the worst uh rebounding rates for a, a big man in the nba so obviously depending on if you think that westbrook's a stat pattern you think he was snatching the rebounds away from adams it will sway how you think but that that number is there uh, their three best offensive players might be Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who all play the same um, role. So mm-hmm. even if one of those players gets marginalised and can't play less minutes, then you, all of a sudden it's like, you know, who's your fifth best player on this team? Like, is it Terrence Ferguson? I don't know. <laughs> they got Gallo, so... Darius Baisley, which we talked about a couple of days ago, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. They got, I mean, they got Gallo. Gallo's a, uh, a like always mm. an injury risk, and yeah, I don't think Paul's going to be along for this team. I think after a slow start for um, Miami, or like you said, Mini, um, that that he's a, a trade candidate, um, and yeah, I think Shea Gilgis Alexander looks 
like a really good player and can be really good right away. But like you know, it's not enough to think about it in standings as like you know this team might be the twelfth or thirteenth best player. It doesn't just affect the number that comes before the name; it affects the number that comes after the name as well with the wins. So like if they are the twelfth best team, they're not going to get to you know thirty one. Yeah. Like it, it's a bit of a hard one. It's well set. It's, it is well set. It is well set. Uh, one that isn't well set is the next one on the list, which is your Phoenix Suns. Under. Significantly over. <laughs> are you serious? Not entirely. You, are you actually over? Yeah, I'm actually over. So the Suns will be better than OKC next season. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to preface this by saying that I don't know whether I believe it, but that as a Suns fan, I need some optimism in my NBA life. And so I'm going over. 27 wins. I think they're going to get 28. Uh, (laughs) They are eligible for a top three pick in this draft, which is, you know, you're a big fan of tanking, apart from that one season with uh, Drogic and Bledsoe. Um, You're a big fan of tanking. You can literally see the top three pick and go, oh, let's get another one. Let's draft another DeAndre Ayton type or Josh Jackson. Like, oh, how exciting is that opportunity? Sexy picks. <laughs> um, I just think, like I've written here, I hope for Dante's sake that DeAndre Ayton has a killer season because it sort of got lost in the in the shuffle. He was the number one pick, not Trey Young or Luka Doncic. Yeah. So I hope he does live up to that number one pick potential. Um, but... If he does, he might be getting shut down near the end of the season if if you are um, within within viewing distance of getting a top pick. Yeah. I think there's a lot of risks with this team, but as always, when you know you, you want to talk about end of the season, we can get a top three pick, maybe we're gonna shut it down, throw it in the tank. But if we're um uh if we're showing signs early on, like I think we will, uh this is a team that has an organizational mandate from the one and only Robert Sava that you have to win. And it's no, I don't think Sava's gonna empower James Jones and um uh Monty Williams to to, to throw it in the tank. I think, you know, if they say to him, I think that's the best way to do it, Bob, he's gonna say, get fucked or I'll put a goat in your office like I did with Ryan <laughs> McDonough. And on the court uh, it all starts with uh, Devin Booker, yeah. Devin Armani Booker. Uh, he averaged 26 and 7 last year on, like, ex- for a number one a number one option on a terrible team, pretty good efficiency. Um, we got some point guard help in yeah, the Rubio. Yeah, good job. Uh, I'm not um, you know, super over the moon with the player or the contract, but he's an NBA-caliber point guard, and that's something that we haven't had for two years. That is such an awful sentence. I'm not a big fan of the player or the contract, but we have a point guard. That's and you want to go over. If we win, if we win, if we win 28, it's not going to be because Ricky Rubio was our savior. Um, so you had someone who has a point guard next to their name. Yeah, ex- literally, <laughs> like, you know, the, our best point guard last year was D'Anthony Melton, who, like I said, shit the bed. Uh, so now our point guard depth is, um, you know, uh, Ricky Rubio and then Elia Kobo, who is not so great as a facilitator, but as a scoring guard, he actually you know shows some chops. He's got some good wiggle and he's a good shooter. Um, DeAndre Ayton had one of the best rebounding seasons for a rookie in NBA history. It's like up there with Tim Duncan and Shaq, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, he did average 16 points a game, despite uh, oftentimes feeling like a bit of a passenger. 
So, you know, that might might be one of those guys who we see who's never able to kind of like imprint himself on a game. But if that changes and he can harness a, an aggressive mindset, he's uh, an extremely good shooter like in the mid-range. Bit of like, you know, late career Tim Duncan about the way that he can catch on the elbow and just go. He's huge. He's legitimately 7'1", and he weighs like 260 pounds. And... So, I mean, on offense, I think there's, you know, like 20-point potential there. And on def- uh, defensively, he improved over the course of the season. He wasn't great. He doesn't have great instincts, but he's long. His block numbers were okay. I think he got the third most blocks among all rookies. So um, there's something there. We got Ubre back. He's okay, not great. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll, it'll yeah, we'll get there. Oh, that's do, I belie- do I believe it? Better left unanswered. It's sweet that you're hopeful. I mean, that's what you should be. I, I picked my team Golden State to go under, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you have to I do mean, it. Maybe you're a better person. Did I me. let you speak at all for the Phoenix one? Or did no, I just that's take, fine. Did I, I take it all? I don't really want to talk about Phoenix. Yeah, nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to hear you talk yourself into it, and then <laughs> I could see your eyes believing in it. Yeah. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, 47 and a half. I'm going over. I'm going over as well. They won 53 games last year with an arguably worse team. Yeah. Uh, they swapped out Evan Turner for um, Baysmore. Kent Baysmore. Um, well, that's not bad. Um, they got a bit of um, big depth. You wanted to talk about Sam Whiteside, I heard. I, yeah, I did, don't know why. Did but, yeah. bookmark that one. Um, I would much rather maybe Zach Collins or Scalabissier, who I love watching him. You Jeez. Know, Oh, I, I love I watching I just him. vomited in my no, mouth at the mention There's a couple, there's, you know, those like game eighty twos. He's always killing it in game eighty two. Like, yeah, got, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I'm I'm flexing that I can say Lebissier. Lebissier, Haiti's finest. Um, Damon CJ now under contract for the next few seasons. Um, exactly in line. They're gonna want to win. This is this is their team. Um. Maybe CJ's on a tradable contract, but I, I don't think that's a thing. Um, you've got Damon CJ, you're building around him. Everyone here wants to win. Lost Aminu for not much, which is, I don't know why you lose Aminu, who is really, I mean, I think he's somewhat instrumental to this team. Uh, over the last three seasons, they've improved each of their win totals. So for them to drop off by six games seems a bit unrealistic. Are you over or under? I'm over. I'm significantly over. I think you're looking at the three seed. Really? Yep. So Utah lock? No. Clippers no, and no, you're wrong. Oh, for the pl- <laughs> oh, for the playoffs or for the no, for no, the top for, two seed? For the top three seed. Mm. So Clippers, cough. Clippers. Yeah, Clippers and um, Nuggets in some order, and then the Blazers third. All right. Yeah, and let me tell you why. <laughs> so, uh, I'm a big believer in Damon CJ. Yeah. Uh, I think they're you know I, they're both excellent. I think they're both some of the best to do it at their position. Uh, this team last year when they had Nurkic was really damn good. Nurkic earlier in his Trailblazers tenure was like the linchpin of the offense and brought it all together, but he was a bit of a sieve on defense. He's not that anymore. He's not a, um, not a phenomenal athlete. He's not as long as you'd like, but positionally he's very smart. He's in the right place. They don't ask him to do too much. So he's going to come back in the interim, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, is about as good as you can get as a by-low depth option um, who, you know, it was only two years ago that Hassan Whiteside was one of the better rim-running bigs in the league. You only need him to play 26 minutes a game. If Hassan Whiteside can average 10 and 10 uh, with two blocks, he's led the league in blocks before. That's big. Um, Because he hunts them. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I know, but I mean, we're talking about a team that lost their starting five. Like, you, you, you beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, I yeah, think Whiteside's a good buy low option. Uh, also, just incidentally, Hassan Whiteside is second all time in um, Miami Heat um, PER <laughs> at 24.2. So take that as you will. Um, but I think you, you're right that they lost uh, Aminu and Harkless, but I kind of look at it as those two had shown in playoff series after playoff series what they are. They're not quite mm-hmm. as consistent as you want on offense. Defensively, yeah. they're great, but they just don't unlock the um, unlock the offense in a way that their replacements possibly might. So uh, Baysmore is you know much more fluid ball handler and ball mover on offense. He's not quite as big, but you know, give or take defensively. Uh, they added you know Rodney Hood at the end of last season, so he's not, he's someone who's going to take those minutes. He's much more offensively gifted. So Gary Trent, Gary Trent Jr. is another big body who they're going to have on the wing. You add Nas Little in the draft, someone who can play the three and the four, so he kind of projects as a bit of an Aminu replacement. And then you may have seen the ringer feature that someone from the ringer did on Anthony Simons. Uh, but he, you know, the basically the gist of the article is that he's taken uh, effectively a red shirt year to learn the game. He showed out at Summer League. I think he was summer, mm. all Summer League first team. He had a 40-point game at the end of last season. So uh, someone who can come in and um, really contribute in the second unit and kind of spell uh, either of the ball handling guards. And then Zach Collins seemed, seems primed for a breakout. Mm-hmm. So I think you add all of that in. And I think I think that's a recipe for a three seed, and, and their over under I think is actually quite low. Um, so I'm gonna go yeah over, and I'm gonna say significantly. So I think you're looking at 52, 53 wins. So two things on that: Fernie Simons. I've heard the same things from multiple reports that he is. Everyone's got him as like the next best thing, uh, maybe even most improved player. Um, but the one problem I'm also going over, like I said, but the one problem I have is that they don't really have a backup point guard like. Uh, a Fernie Simons is a bit in the same vein as a CJ. Yeah, um, there's a bit of crossover. And giving up Evan Turner, who I spoke about uh, with Atlanta yesterday, they are like it's a great, it's a like he, he he's not the best when he's there, but as a backup, he's a good serviceable point he's, guard. He's reliable. This team doesn't have like a serviceable point guard now. They've got they can stagger CJ and Dane, but I think they played like ninety three percent of their minutes together last season. Yeah, and they were great together. Um, but now they can't really get away with playing those two together anymore. So yeah. they can stagger them and have one of them on the court at all times. But you, by doing that, you give up a lot of time when they are perfect together. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they do, if they if they keep it the way that, that it was and they don't stagger them, um, the reason why they don't have that is because they think that's what Simons is. Mm. And in a lineup where you could put Simons next to Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, and Nas Little, those are three big body dudes who, in theory, can defend everyone that Simons can't. Mm. Uh, they can all, they, you know, well, <laughs> nice little can't shoot yet. But uh, Gary Trent uh, is like a marksman, and Rodney Hood, you know, always been an, an underrated and versatile. I, I was, player. I watched that Denver series last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, add in the fact that they're going to get Nurk back halfway through the season. Mm. All right, onto the Sacramento Kings, thirty-seven wins. Um, I'm going over. Because this would mean they would lose two games on top of last season. And I don't think there's a possibility where they're worse than they were last year, even with the West being a bit more stacked. Um, they added a lot of depth pieces. I am not happy with the price tag, but they're definitely pieces that are there. 
um, and can play minutes, and surely they can't be better than, than some of them were last season. Yeah, um, I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein last season, anything, anything is up for Oh, me. no, I, I don't have a problem with Dwayne Dedman. I've got a problem with Corey Joseph. But, we'll, yeah. but yeah, that'll bear itself out. Um, and Darren Fox is coming off a most improved, improved worthy season. And I love it when those when those guys, like in his sort of age group, play for Team USA. Um, it's all, like, whether that be in FIBA or Olympics. I know Stephen Clay did it a couple of years back before they first broke out. Um, and a lot of other guys have done that. So I'm... Maybe I'm just um, picking and choosing. And no, you get to rub shoulders with some elites, and you hope that you absorb something, you know, through osmosis. Mm. And if you're there with, you know, like you know, back in the day when Steph's there with Dwayne Wade, you know, if Dwayne Wade can teach Steph a thing or two, then that's a win. Yeah, so, and there's something to be saying for like you're playing a high level basketball um, the whole off season. I'm going over, and I'm going way over. I reckon these guys will replace the Spurs in the playoffs. Yeah, you think this is finally the year for the Spurs? <sighs> like we'll talk about it next. Yeah, <laughs> sad. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the on the Kings? I'm going over as well, because again, there's no way this team gets worse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're looking at like a best five that's probably Fox healed. Bogdanovic, who's like always underrated, a bit bouncier than you think, a bit of a better defender than you think, and then Bagley and Deadman. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. They got nothing from Callie Stein last year, and Deadman um, is, you know, like a, a good shot blocker, rebounder. And, you know, I'm a bit dubious, but he did start shooting threes last season in Atlanta and hit them at like a pretty serviceable rate. So um, I think, yeah, natural progression for Darren Fox. I think there's a strong argument to be made that he's the best player from that draft class. Yeah. Healed, you know, again, I think Healed averaged 18 or 19 last year. And, has really got, uh, you know, has, has gotten quite a lot more confident in terms of taking off the dribble threes. He's always been like a pretty lethal spot-up shooter. Him and Bogdanovich coming around screens, that's pretty good. Um, Bagley had an interrupted, uh, a bit of a stilted first season, but, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's he's good, is he what is you good. know. Yeah. Is what you know, so... Maybe yeah. maybe you'd maybe be better off taking Doncic or Trey, but no, he's still good. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, that, that's a that's a different discussion. Yeah, if you relitigate it, you might you might do. I think most people would do differently, but he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Some of the plays that he makes, there was that one dunk that he had mm, last where he's year, three sixty. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, he's where it's, it's like actually like a bit insane. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings uh, sideline, the the Sacramento yeah. Kings commentators. If you don't like that, yeah. you don't like NBA basketball. Yeah, I, it's like the one, I, I actually don't like that. Yeah, one. Grant and Jay. It's the one time I'll um I'll allow it because it was pretty yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next one we talked about a little bit, but the San Antonio Spurs they're at forty three and a half. See, I, I've sort of talked myself into a into a hole here because. Look, I've written over, even though I think they're getting replaced in the playoffs, this could be one of those big, big winter total playoff years, which I know you're very familiar with, with yourself as a sometimes, Phoenix fan. Sometimes, sometimes you 48 win 48. Doesn't and get it done. <laughs> and then a, bloody, and a Dallas team with Vince Carter somehow beats you. Um, yeah. This may be one of those years with a big, uh, I don't know why I've written over here, because like, if, if, if this is to come true, Kings are going to jump them, and then Spurs are going to have to win like two games above their over or one game above their over and miss the playoffs. So I'll go under. I'll go under. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, I agree. I I mean, you know, you kind of 
like doubt the Spurs at your peril. They haven't missed the playoffs in yeah. like in I think that last year was twenty years they've made the playoffs, uh, twenty winning seasons. But I mean, the optimistic case for the Spurs would be that Aldridge and DeRozan can can sustain like a like a like a like a barely sub level All Star play, and then if you believe in the trio of guards, Derek White, who showed out in the playoffs. Uh, Dejounte Murray, who's coming back from a, an ACL injury, and then Bryn Forbes, who's a pretty good player. Or Lonnie Walker. Yeah, or Lonnie well. Walker. You know, on the wing. Uh, if you believe in those players, that's the roadmap. I just, I just, yeah. Again, it's, <laughs> again with the West, this is a good team. Greg Popovich is probably the best coach of all time. Lamarcus Aldridge is, you know, going to retire and get in, inducted into, you know, like the Blazers Ring of Honor. Uh, DeRozan is going to, you know, have his jersey retired for the Raptors. I just feel like it's twilight now. And the players that they have coming in, you know, when they're when you know, like Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan were getting old, they had Kawhi Leonard to come in, and none of the young players mm. are Kawhi Leonard. So, especially in a competitive team with you know, a competitive league with um, the teams that they're going to be scrapping with, in theory, for the last player or the last two player spots is going to be uh, the Kings, like we just talked about. It's going to be the Mavs, it's going to be the Pelicans, and it's going to be the Wolves. So. <laughs> That's not in that thirty-five to forty-three yeah, range. Th- it'll, those it'll, are the teams. It'll probably be like forty-five wins to make the playoffs. Yeah. All, all right. Well, mate. Well, I mean, but like you know, those teams. Yeah. Are, those teams are pushing. You know, and it's like, yeah. Do I think that the Pelicans are a better team than the Spurs? Maybe. Yep. But I but think, it probably won't happen because Popovich will just win some random games. Like he'll yeah. just win those games that they shouldn't win then you go oh it's yeah. three Spurs it just feels to me more so than it ever has that like this is it and like yeah like mm. DeRozan was like not so for the third time in NBA history in a row this is this is the year the Spurs drop off year. this is the year yeah well any NFL fan's been waiting for the last like eight years for the Patriots <laughs> to drop off with Tom Brady and it hasn't happened yet so maybe maybe Brady and Belichick is the NFL version of of uh, Derek White and Greg Popovich. Yeah, Derek White and Greg Popovich. <laughs> well, Tim Duncan's a coach now. Yeah, Tim Duncan's on the um, side. The amazing thing about Duncan um, taking the coaching job is that all of the photos of uh, Tim Duncan's fashion from like the mid two thousands have rocked up, and he <laughs> he rocked up to his MVP acceptance yeah. uh, photo shoot in a red polo with baggy blue jeans and wearing actual sandals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you can do that again, or do you reckon it'll actually it'll be interesting to hear what he wears on the sidelines? Well, I I know for I know one thing it'll be dripping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the final team of our over unders and your 2020 NBA champion. Thank you. Before I could even say it, the Utah Jazz at 52 and a half, and I'm smacking the over. Would you expect anything less from me? If you did, if you went under, I'd be. I would genuinely have to send for the doctor. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going under. <laughs> why not? Why is that? Um, it's because Donovan Mitchell started slow last season after coming back from an injury, and now he's got like people around him to actually take some weight off, and he's healthy, and he's playing in Team USA, and he's coming into the season good. Rudy Gobert's going to win Defensive Player of the Year again. They've got more depth. Why is it? <laughs> um, it's because. As far as like high profile, high price backcourts go, or not high price because Donovan Mitchell was on his, yeah, you know, yeah. his rookie bat. Uh, the back, other backcourt, the other star backcourt in their own division, 
uh, is better than them. That's CJ and Dame. I think both players are, bo- are better than both of their players that they're being compared to. Uh, Gobert is a two-time defensive player of the year, which you know um, it, it really helps you. But there are teams in uh, there are teams in the West that are going to go small, and you know Gobert is a two-time defensive player of the year. But there is enough evidence that when you bring him away from the rim and you put him in constant pick and roll action, high, he's he's ungainly, and you know I I like their wing depth. I don't love it. I'm not down on them. I just don't think that they're going to win 53. I think the teams that are going to win 53 are going to be, you know, the teams I think are going to be the top three. It's going to be um, Portland at three and then the the Nuggets and the Clippers at, at one and two. And then they're going to be right there with the Lakers for the fourth or the fifth seed, which is you know, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, it's certainly a team that is capable of going deep in the postseason. But I think it all boils down to I'm not as high on them compared to their construction and the quality of their players compared to their direct competitors. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. Uh, I already said my points. It's just like the reason they're a bit slow at the start of last season is because their only offensive player at the time and best offensive player was coming back from an injury and it was a bit like, it's a bit, how you going? <laughs> um, and they ended up winning 50 games and that was with a slow start and that was with a worse point guard. And that was with a less versatile lineup without the two scoring forwards, and it's just it's just adding it's just adding three wins. Just do it. Just do, you know I want you to do it. Just do it, man. Like it's just three wins. Wait, you think they're going to win fifty games? Yeah. Oh, so you're you're under like one or two. Yeah, I'm not down on them. I think that's I think that's a I think they're a four seed most likely. I think it's going to be like I said, them and the Lakers are going to be fighting for that like next echelon. Like the top of that, the top of that next level, um, locked in a battle to get uh, home court. All right, I'm uh, I'm gonna stop talking to you and just let just let the Utah Jazz prove you wrong. Well, I mean, we've got a lot of audio to uh, yeah, no, mark no, no, no. and then play back when they do in the championship, and you know, just, we can have an ep- <laughs> we can have an episode next June that's just entirely <laughs> you saying how much you love the Jazz and me saying that I don't rate well, them as much probably, as you do. We can probably um. Right, we could probably just grab the notes, or if we went over and under, and just go back and see how many of us were right and how much, how many of us were wrong. Um, and also, I'm the one that edits the audio, so I'm not going to let you touch the, all the Utah <laughs> stuff if um, if they don't win a title, just, which is unfeasible. You can just scrub it and get me saying when I when I'm going, like, I'm going over on the Utah Jazz. You can just like <laughs> I'm going over, just scrub it back over. Okay. Just can you for, just for the mic? Can you say over? Under. Now say, un- now say under. Under. All right, so I'll just use those two clips for, <laughs> for later on. All right, this is getting silly. All right, it's been a while. It's been a lot of recording. Has been, uh, has been a day. Thank you for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on our socials on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and if you're listening on whatever platform it may be, which is where now across most platforms, give us a thumbs up or a five-star rating and... Stay tuned for following episodes. Yeah, if you can give us a rating and a review, that would be fantastic. It really helps us out. So, uh, yeah, if you like what we're if you're picking up what we're putting down, give it to us. We're borrowing weeklies from the same blockbuster video. <laughs> <laughs>